Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Food Drone Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mills. I'm your host, P. Let's get into it. How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. I'm real good, actually. Oh, all right. That's cool, man. I'm ready, I'm ready to go today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Listen, guys, this is another heavy one. But I think it's a real conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, I think so. Um, this is our health episode where we're going to touch on everything health-wise, mental, anything health-related about this industry. Who better than us two to talk about it? Yeah. So, you want to start it off, man? You want to you kick it off? All right, yeah, sure. So, as far as health goes, I think the area that a lot of us in this industry struggle with the most because it's so demanding mm-hmm. is the mental side of it. Yes. Because there aren't that many days where you can come in and be like, I don't got it today. Like you have to have it every day. Oh yeah. Like you got to bring it every mm-hmm. day. Again, because it goes back to what you alluded to on numerous episodes where you bring up negligence and how it can have a negative effect on what you're doing in the kitchen. And if you're not there, don't sugarcoat it. Negligence and recklessness can kill someone in this business. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Don't sugarcoat it. That's we got to put that out there. So people, if you just, if you're trying to get into this, drill that in your head, negligence and recklessness can kill someone. Drill it in your head now. So if you're thinking about doing this professionally, drill it in your head. Make that rule number one. Yeah. No, yeah. Because there's plenty of days I went to work and I just, I didn't have it. I was drained. I was exhausted mentally. Mm -hmm. I was just a body. Yeah. The lights were on, but nobody was home. Mm -hmm. And you have to like really, okay, you know what? Come on. Like get it together. Because it's a long day. Mm-hmm. They're not going to send you home. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask you if you're okay. Yes, I'm okay. All right, come on, let's go. And there's times when you may not have it, but you, especially in our positions, mm-hmm. you might not have it, but they can't know that. Yeah, staff. Yeah. They can't know that because it's like, oh, well, he ain't listen. Like, yo, yo, look at him. He, ain't, he don't even got it. But see, and the thing is, too, the horrible part, the mental part is, why can't you say you don't got it today? Because they ain't trying to hear that. Because the job still got to get done. Absolutely. And, and it's like, well, listen, like, like, get it the fuck together. Like every, and you know what kills me when they say? Everybody goes through shit. But I'm not bringing my shit to work with me because I know I got a job to do. Mm-hmm. And in this profession... A lot in a lot of professions, you have mental health days. Mm-hmm. You can call out sick mm-hmm. because you know you can use a PTO day. Yep. It's all time that you've earned. Absolutely. But in culinary, yeah, some places you work, you may have PTO. Well, you might have you know. No, we we all get PTO. Yeah, you get when, PTO. You get sick days, all that stuff. But it's like frowned upon if you use it. It's like sick days. Like, what you sick? You, you dialing at the end of the day? Like, what, like, what you doing? I had a, so I'm pretty good at, like, giving advance notice of, like, I'm going to need this day off. I had a boss tell me, well, I mean, you can ask for it. That don't mean you're going to get it. Oh, yeah, me too. So it's like, 
one, that's some childish, childish shit. And then two, this is why mental health becomes a problem in this business. I looked up a number. This is the only number I looked up and I, I figured I'll bring it. 50% of chefs are depressed. Mm. Because of the job? Because, the job of, because of what it brings? The job. It takes away? Everything. All encompassing. The hours. The mental capacity that you need to develop a recipe from start to finish. The expectation. Health-wise, and we get into poor eating habits, not taking care of yourself. Right, right. This business is so demanding. I don't want nurses or anybody in the medical field to take this as a one-to-one comparison, but it's damn near the same thing. The toll that you put on your body and your job is to make sure somebody else is taken care of. Yeah. Think about that. That's my comparison. People in the medical profession, their job is to make sure you stay alive and they're on their feet 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day trying to make sure you're healthy. We're on our feet 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day trying to make sure you eat. You have sustenance in your body so you can go about your day. Yeah. And don't let it be a, my bad, don't let it be a heavy prep day because you got stuff coming up. Because those days, you're done when you're done. You you come Mm -hmm. in when you're supposed to come in and you leave when you're finished. There's mm-hmm. no, like, just like you said, on the schedule, it just says in. Yeah, when I used to, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, bro, listen. This is why, like, this episode is kind of special to, special to me because I finally found the right word that defines what chefs are. Okay. Masochist. Masochist. You know what masochist is? No. Um, loosely, it's people who enjoy pain. Okay. All right. That makes sense. The definition. We literally willingly burn ourselves, stand and work in, well, dare I say, hostile conditions. You fucking working in 110, 20 degree weather, temperature wise. Like you're working in that. You made that choice. Cut yourself, bleeding. You get sick, you're still working. Like we, and we go back and do it. Because no, yeah. no, yeah, you got a point. Because, like I said, recently I mm-hmm. was under the weather, mm-hmm. and I had it in my mind I might get sent home mm-hmm. because of the nature of the business and working around food. This, you know, all all the mm-hmm. standard stuff. And it was, yo, bro, you all right? I'm like, man, listen, I'm, I'm behind it today. Like, I, like I, I really mm-hmm. don't got it. All right, well, look, we're going to put you on the easy stuff. Not see you later or yeah, get no. better. And I I, I kind of figured it was going to go like that. So mm-hmm. I don't even know why I had it in my mind that I'm probably going to go home. It was, we got a job to do, bro. Because you expect a basic human emotion, which is empathy. I, too, have been sick. You know what? If you're that sick, I think you should go home. And it just that expectation... Nothing wrong with that. Like, it's basic human. It's right. basic human emotion. This business has a tendency to be like, 
Well, man, you know, I did it. I mean, I did it too. You be all right. I hate you be all right. <laughs> I hate you be all right. But it's funny because I find myself saying that to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you be all right. And it's just it's such a thing where you you don't even realize you're saying it until after you say it. And it's like, wait a minute, I just, I just said that? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember how I felt when they just said to me, now I'm saying it to them, to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and it's like who have who have I become? You become what this business made you intolerable. Intolerable. This is horrible. I give you. I give you like a quick thing. This was maybe like 12, 2012, 2013. All right. I had a cast on my hand. I fractured two knuckles. Doing what? That's, that's, that's for the Patreon. Okay. <laughs> when we get that up, that's for the Patreon. All right, but. So I had a cast on my hand, went to work. My boss said, you going to be all right? There wasn't get the hell out of the kitchen. You're, you got a cast on your dominant hand. It was, are you going to be all right? I said, I'll let you know if there's something I can't cut. And I slowly but sure I had to have the cast on for a couple of weeks. I'm sitting there still working. Cast not doing what it's supposed to do because I'm sitting here bending, trying to, I'm like, hey, it's just my knuckles. I can move my wrist. And instead of it being stable, Cast started busting apart a little bit here and there. There's only one thing. I, I couldn't small dice an onion. Everything else I had. All right. But I shouldn't have even been there. Right, right. And I'm just like, fuck my health. I don't care. I just want to be successful at this one thing. I got to prove to myself. And it didn't matter what I was doing to myself to prove it. It was just like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. That's kind of like, well, Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, and you remember this. So remember when I found out that I was type 2 diabetic? Yeah. So I'm going to work. I don't know what any of the symptoms are. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why these things are happening. But it's crazy because one thing literally correlated with the next. So I had cotton mouth. I was always thirsty. I had to pee a lot. One thing correlated with the next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a man thing. I would not go to the hospital. Never say die. <laughs> I would not go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And we're we going to talk about the male, the ego. Let me not just say male. The ego that Chef's got. Yeah. But continue. So <laughs> the babe threatened me. She said, listen, if you don't go to the hospital, I'm going to call your mom. I'm going now. <laughs> so I'm like, you a, you a nut? Yeah. Like what? Like all that. So she said, listen, I'm no professional, but I think it has something to do with your sugar. When you get to work, have one of the nurses check your sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. I go upstairs, have one of the nurses check my sugar for me. Bro. At work. Mm-hmm. That joint was like 700. <laughs> what? Yeah. So she was like, yeah, Pat, I think you need to leave and go to the hospital right now. I'm like, all right. Told the deal when that, you know, what was going on. She was like, yeah, you get to leave. Drove myself to the to the ER. And um, yeah, I was in the hospital for like three days. Damn. Because when I got there, it had went up 
from 700 to like 749 because on my way to work, oh I stopped God. at Dunkin' Donuts and got an iced coffee because <laughs> I was thirsty. You can drink, you get water. <laughs> I want it because water, you know, ain't handle taste. That's the Yeah, I know. And um, when I got there, they said to me, who dropped you off? I said, nobody. I drove. <laughs> what do you mean you drove? I got in my car and I drove to the emergency room. Like, I'm here. You know, you could have, like, passed out at the wheel. Like, your sugar is that high. Like, you could have slipped into a diabetic coma. Well, we're here now. So, we're, like, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> and, yeah, I was in the hospital for, like, three days. Wow. And, um, I, but I was going to work. But, see, this is, this is why I wanted to talk about this. Specifically, the light that gets put on black people because when we say we're in pain, nobody believes us. That's a thing. It's horrible that the world is like, you're black. You can't be in that much pain. You're black. Y'all built to take anything. And then we get to a point where it'd be like, man, I ain't going to the hospital because you're already mentally drilled in your head. You, damn man, this ain't nothing. So I just need something to drink. And the first thing, instead of just getting water, you got coffee. But as far as just black people, that's the thing we also got to deal with in this industry. Couple months, couple months ago, my dad gets into my dad got into an accident, totaled his car. Right, not, not even car, truck, total. I wake up three o'clock in the morning. I see all these missed calls. I'm like, what the fuck? That car, yeah, come come pick me up from the hospital. The first thing I do, I call my job and be like, I'm gonna be late. Didn't know what was wrong with my pop. But that's just the professional one, you know. No, no, no. It got nothing to do with professional. Why am I calling my job at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning? I need to go see what's up with my dad first to let you know either I'm coming in or I'm not coming in. I get there. It's like, you cool? I tell him I'm going to be an hour late. I get there. You cool? Your dad cool? Yeah. Okay, so this is what we got on the agenda for today. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah, but the mental aspect of which way could I have gone? Oh, it could have went way left. But I think if it went, I think if it would have went way left, you wouldn't have came in there. I would have. I did not think about it. All right. Did not think about it. So it's it's the yes, yes, we work, we don't bring our problems into work, and our job sometimes becomes our escapism. Right. It don't make it's not right though. And sometimes we just kind of, you went to work, you damn near could have went into a diabetic coma. You was just like, I drove, like, you know, you just cool, nonchalant about it. And granted, you didn't know. I was about to say, in my defense, I didn't know what was going on. You didn't know. I think if I knew, mm-hmm. I probably still would have went to work. And you probably still would have drove yourself to the hospital. Yeah. So, like, because there wasn't no going downstairs no more because the ER downstairs was gone. But that don't even, it don't even matter. Don't even matter. It's this business has is predicated on breaking you because A, it's what you're supposed to do, and then B, you black, tough it out. So I <laughs> look on your face. I feel like I'm saying this stuff and you never really thought about it that way. Some of it, yes and no. Okay. Yeah. Like some of it, yes and no. Like some of it is is you know it's true, but you're just being naive about it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is. Dag, I never looked at it like that. Yeah. So it's it's, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. both. It's both. Because um, yeah, yeah. 
there was a story about this woman. She was this woman. She was black. She was pregnant. She went to the guest get her checkup. The nurse was like, I've been pregnant before. It's a white, white woman. I've been pregnant before. You can't be in that much pain. She wanted to say, like, you're black. You Come on. You can handle it. You can handle it. And the girl's like, I, I'm not going to go to work like this. Like, and whatever was wrong with her, how you feel is how you feel. But what if she went to work that day and would have fell out? Right. You know, like, just as far as, like, this being the health conscious mental health episode, like, these are, and especially with this being a black podcast, these are things we really got to talk about. And these are things people really need to hear. And if you're going into, the, into this business, we're going to be the ones to tell you the wrong and the right. Right, right. You're not going to go into it blind. I went into it blind. So did I. I went into it blind, but I didn't plan on being in this as long as I've been in it. Right. And initially, and I'm pretty sure it was the same way for you, initially this was just a job. Mm, not really. When you first started, this was more than just a job for you? Are we talking about when we worked at the spot together? Yeah. Like in the beginning. Oh, in the very beginning? Yeah, in the very I beginning. Did, in the very beginning, I didn't equate, I didn't think what I did then and what now, and I still kind of think it to an extent. What I did then Compared to what I do now, I think it's two completely different things. I could I could have just did that for forever. It just didn't it is, pay it. It could didn't pay enough. It 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 is two completely different things, mm-hmm. even though our entire adult careers have been culinary based. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we weren't always doing the same thing. Um, but go getting into it. You know, our mindsets were totally different. Yeah, yeah. And of course, over the course of the years, it changes and you realize you want more. Mm-hmm. And then as you say to yourself, okay, well, I want more. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be this person. Mm-hmm. We don't equate all of the sacrifice That's, that comes with it. That is a masterpiece of a word. Yeah. Sacrifice. You yeah. don't know. You don't. So let me let me tell you guys, aspiring chefs, your family, depending on what route you take, you go to restaurant route, goodbye to Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving. All major holidays. All of them. Say goodbye. Your yeah. parents, you used to seeing them and all the time. Bye. Your girlfriend, y'all breaking up. Unless she's in a business and in relationships in this business is a completely not, a different thing. But your girlfriend that works nine to five and or your boyfriend that does security overnight, take a bite of that relationship. It's over. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes. And I'm tell, after you finish, I'm going to tell you why I mm-hmm. say that. Um, the feeling in your hands, see ya. See ya. People marvel. I'll take shit out the oven. No oven, man. Just take it out. And they be like, what the fuck? And it's like, fam, I've been doing this. I've been in this industry comparatively. It's been, I started 15 when we met, when we met, I was like 15, 16, 34 now. I've spent more time in this business than not in this business. Shit, you, you spent more time in this business. Yeah. yeah. D- damn near decade. Like, no, not even I'm 20 years, damn near 20 years. Yeah. Cause it's 23 now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, almost for me too. Because it's twenty. No, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm tripping. It's twenty three. Mm-hmm. I started at the spot in two thousand and five. That same year I started. Damn near twenty years, bro. Yeah. Damn near twenty Sheesh. years. So think about it this way: we were an adult when we met, right? Yeah, I was a uh, twenty one. I had just turned 21. Okay. I was 15. So think about it this way. Think about me going into it officially, professionally at 21. I'd already had five years in of doing it. Well, I was doing it one specific thing, one specific way. So think about the me going in with the, I already do that over there. This is an easy transition. Right. And it wasn't. And that shit pissed me off. And that's when I fell in love. And being in, I hated school because I was bored. One guy couldn't do the work. I do the work in 15 minutes. Now I got to spend another 45 minutes in class. This was the only thing I've ever had to work hard at. And that's where the love came. And that's where the big word of sacrifice came. I didn't, I was so young and naive, didn't even understand what I was sacrificing. It was easy to not understand what you were sacrificing, though, because at that age... What do you know about what, life? What are you really sacrificing? Sacrificing a little bit of free time, not going to a party here and there? No, I was doing those things. I would go to work. All right, what time? Well, black people get to parties late anyway, so... All right, I'm off at 10. I get there by 11, and then we party till 2 a.m., and then I wake up 7. Right. Shower, go back to work by 10 and do it all over again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's like sacrifice. And I think I, I, this is going to sound predatory. And it, I, it's really not. It's really not. But I think that's when they catch people younger and say, why, why don't you become a chef? And then you could just spell you on the dream of look at Gordon Ramsay. That's just like when they try to get you to join the armed forces. Oh, they, yeah, well, yeah. They, and they'll they'll get fight, you, they get come you fight young. for your country. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll pay for you to go to college. Like, yeah, this, all this, they that. sell you the dream. They sell you the dream. You get a car, you get a place to stay, mm-hmm. all that. We take care of everything for yeah. you. Yeah, and you, look, and you get to look cool taking selfies, carrying big-ass guns. Yeah. They almost, uh, listen, in life, this is for Patreon. Got caught twice, culinary, maybe. Got caught twice. So. What? Patreon. But. They say your frontal lobe isn't fully developed until you're 25. And that's where everything starts to make sense. Yeah. When they catch you, when you're caught young in this business, and especially if you're flourishing and fire and going at the rate I was going, professionally, I started at 20, 21. I was executive chef by 24. Okay. The first thing I heard was you ain't going to be executive chef till 30, 31. So that lit a fire under you to prove them wrong. Yeah. Inquisitive. Why I can't why I can't do that before then? Now, if somebody would have said your maturation and your maturity ain't going to be ready until then. I completely understood. <laughs> I understood that later. Right. But then it's just like, nah, I'm being great is what's driving me. Got you. And that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Because if you have any real level of dedication for what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm you are going to take any roadblock or any, you might not be able to do this or a no as a challenge to say, well, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why, why not me? 
Why can't I be the guy to do X, Y, and Z? And then, like you said, you start to formulate it and you put two and two together. And it's like, no, I don't care what they say, what they think. I don't care if I got to leave this place. I'm going to get what I want and people are going to respect me for it. Whether it's here or whether it's someplace else, I'm going to get it. And that was my mind state. I'm going to be the one. Yeah. No chef can tell you unless they look like you. You're black. You're behind the eight ball. Off rip. They see you and you say your name is chef. They think you're, you're, you just got there just because. Maybe I fill a quota. Yeah. Maybe you're not be made. You you're probably not as good as the counterparts. Yeah. Who do you know? Who do you know? There's a reason why. Like I don't know this number. I I don't want to know this number for fact. I think black chefs make up twelve to fifteen percent of the industry. You ever met one? Not me. Cause you know me before then. You ever met one? A black chef? Mm-hmm. Like personally. It's like work with one, met one, like exactly what I work with now, but that's it. How many white chefs you, you met? More than I can count. Okay. That's the problem within itself. Now, granted, I understand the population plays a, a part in too, but it's funny. My mom, my mom said this to me the other day. She was like, yo, being a chef used to be reserved for royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Royalty. Like you was the best of the best. You were the be- you cook for kings and queens and presidents and monarchs. That was a respectable career and position to have. Not everybody could be one. Not everybody could be one. And then now, because it's been sullied by everybody. It's way oversaturated. And, and you got people calling themselves chefs that can't even hold a knife properly. And then you got your ones that got burnout because of what the business did to them. Right. And then you got your ones that's, I'm just making money and taking care of my family. They don't really care. Mm. Like I'm just here. I'm, I'm just, just here, here so I don't get fined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they only march on. Yeah. And it was, that was, that's the thing. That's a, a part of the mental health thing as well, where I had to really realize like some people ain't going to care. Some people ain't going to care. And I would, but my assumption would be if you got, if you potentially could hurt somebody behind what you do, you should have a little care. No motherfuckers really don't care. So my Mm -hmm. question is, how long did it take for you to realize how important, not just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fishbowl it. How long did it take for you to realize how important your health in this industry really is? A long time. Took you a long time to realize it? COVID. When I was sitting at home. Okay. And all, because I was sitting for so long, it all came crashing down. Got you. I woke up one day and couldn't move. Not um, tight muscle. No, I, I literally couldn't move. Cried in the bed. Why can't I get up? Yeah. And I finally. So your whole body seized up on you. Locked in. Locked just. You ever hear the phrase when people, when older people be like, I fall and I can't get up. Yeah. That, but except I didn't fall. I was where I was at and I couldn't, couldn't get up. And how long were you stuck like that? It was probably like four minutes. Okay. But it's long enough to make you assess. As long as it scared the shit out you. Listen, got a whole workup done after that. So 
during COVID. But by then, COVID was 2020. I'm already, what, <laughs> 15 years in? Yeah. And then I'm already like going. That was when our COVID happened. I was working at the hotel. That December, they're like, we need you to go. We need you to go to New York to go help out. I'm like, I was right back. It's right. I'm happy. I'm super happy now. I get a consistent schedule. I get actual time off. I actually don't have to think about this place. And y'all get y'all get to send me back to traveling and doing the, the my favorite part of the gig. Right. Oh, I'm in heaven. And I get actual days off. I used to schedule myself four days off. I got you. And then I'm ripping and running, still doing the same thing. COVID happened. I had my first shout out to that hotel I worked for. That hotel put me in a space. I was going to take my first real vacation. I had I had it paid, taken care of already. That May, I was going to Japan. Damn. I was going to Japan 20 days. Mm. Five was going to be, I'm working in somebody's kitchen over there. And then the rest would be in me enjoying myself. Now, how was you just going to do that, though? Like, how did you have it formulated where when you got there, you was going to say, can I, can I come in? So I had, this is one thing I'd never done, which was you talk to a trip planner, what did it call? Supervisor. Supervisor, yeah. So I talked to a real one. She had the vacation part set for me. Bullet train, um, everything. Food, hotel, everything was taken care of. I said, listen, I want to tack on five extra days. Can you put me in with a restaurant? And she said, like, what do you mean? I was like, I just want to work there. They don't got to pay me or nothing. I just need to shadow and work there. And she was like, yeah, I can get that taken care of for you. Oh, okay. So I was like, it was just her saying like, hey, y- y'all want free labor for five days? And it was like, the hunger was still there. Got you. I knew the two weeks, I knew I needed the vacation because I really needed to take one, but I still loved it. Just I still loved it enough to be like, let me get, I, let me take something back home. Right, right. And what better thing to do than that? Because they get it in. Listen, and I, their cuisine mm-hmm. is just totally different. It's, but it's mm-hmm. art. It is breathtaking art. To, on a low person on a totem restaurant, all right. the way up. It's a very refined thing. It is a painting. It's it's not. You can't even say it's like the Mona Lisa. Yeah. It's just, what's it called? Yeah, Ichigo Blade was going to get some work in. I didn't even have it done yet. Okay. I was going to go get one from over there and ship it back. Got you. That one, yeah, the one I have now, that is a Japanese knife, but I wanted to go. You wanted to go to I wanted you... to buy one and get one made. Right. The one I was going to get made, I was going to ship back. But that was like my plan. COVID happened. My body shut down. I get a complete workup. Everything gets taken care of. But. Well, you know, listen. Mm-hmm. When we get to where we going, we going to do some live shows over there. We going. Because I want to go. I want to go. I want to go strictly for the cuisine. You want to hear something crazy? I just talked to my homie about this. I was like, I'm I'm not sure if I was going to come back. If you went. I wasn't sure if I was going to come back. Really? Mm -hmm. I was ready. Because burnout is real. No, absolutely. Burnout is real. And everything happens for a reason. It's a reason why you planned it at that time and it didn't happen because... I was, uh, it was, there, there was a higher purpose and it was like, you'll get there, just not yet. Exactly. In due time. Yeah, exactly. In due time. Yeah. And I knew I was so burnt out. Yeah, because you tried to leave me. What do you mean? 
go over there and not come back. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but it was like I was so burnt out and I was so frustrated. I was frustrated where the business was growing, was going. Yeah, that I, I agree. I, was frust- I remember mm-hmm. we touched on that. Frustrated where the business, I saw where it was going. This is before COVID. I was just happy that I had this nest of a family at that hotel. Right. Where I got them, they got me, we got a unit. And I didn't have to be in a building for it to function. That's so how. That's the, that's the best part though. That was the beautiful part. I used to be like, yo, check, check, check. This, this, and this. Mm-hmm. All right, we got you, chef. Because that's kind of where I am now, where mm-hmm. I'm working now. If chef got to leave mm-hmm. or whatever he got going on, bruh, do what you got to do. We got you. Don't worry about it. And it's an amazing feeling to know everything is going to go the way it's supposed to, whether you're there or not, because that's a testament to you. Mm-hmm. Like, he has this joint zipped up so tight that when he's not here, it's going to feel like he is here. And see, here's the thing. So we talked about the very first episode. I said, yo, I don't love it anymore. I remember. And I said, this is my pivot into something else. Where I'm working at right now is where I knew the business was going. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. Got you. It's completely different. And that whole aspect of... It's like a shit show. It's a shit show. And the mentality of... Just a couple of things. Chef not here, but we're going to pretend like he here and still function. That's gone. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gone. Chef not here. We partying today. That was always a kind of a thing, but it was respect still. Yeah. The other thing is, oh, wait, Chef got it? All right, now I'm going to do some bullshit and get mad because I got called out on my bullshit. Mm, that's a heavy one. Yeah. But that comes from the mentality. If you don't, if you don't want nothing for yourself, this ain't the business to be in because you're going to not care. You're going to get reckless and negligent. So where I'm at now, I know the time it needs to fix this, to fix it up. You don't have. I don't have. You should have called me 10 years ago. Now, my, now where I know two paths and they're going to intersect. This, the Food Joint Podcast, it's out of this world. I'm going, my culinary path is going somewhere else. And it leads to new stories and me not being burnt out and me actually being able to teach and provide and actually have it appreciated. Gotcha. They're going to cross paths. And I can't wait because I know that's coming. But just to, you know, kind of close out on a burnout and, you know, just um, just talking about just the business in general, there was um, Chef Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Amazing chef, author of Kitchen Confidential book. He, they never really discussed. They just said he committed suicide. That has been happening in this business since 1600s. Did you know that? I did not. Since the 1600s. So that's when burnout has reached its peak. Not even if it's reached its peak. It's just been a part of the business. 
You know why he killed himself? And I, for the life of me, I wish I remembered his name, but I will offer that information. You know why he killed himself? No. Seafood delivery was late. Wait, what? You heard me? Seafood delivery was late. Mm-hmm. This is the 1600s. You're not cooking for Susie and John. Oh, no, you're cooking for kings and queens. Yes. Yeah. So he knew that the whole thing was destroyed. Yep. And no matter what, he, he was going to get the blame and his reputation was, was ruined. ruined. And he was like, well, I, I can't live with what's going to come next. So mm-hmm. I'm out. Yes. Mm. Think about that being imposed in the DNA of culinary. 1600s. 1700s to happen. 1800s to happen. 1900s has happened, 2000s, 2010s, especially COVID, it happened a lot. I'll give you a story. Worked for this company. There was a chef walked in to this, not into my, not where I worked, but within the company. Walked into the kitchen, got there probably like four or five in the morning. The first person ain't supposed to be there to like eat or not. Prep for the entire day. Got everything ready, set everybody's station, restocked everything, cleaned the kitchen, went to the office, poof, killed himself. Jeez. No note, no nothing. Nobody knows why. That's crazy because on his way out, he still took the time to do all that shit before he, he knew he was killing himself. Do you, but you see that what this business does. In our last moment, we still going to do the thing. Let me make sure they okay to get through the day, even though I know I'm not going to be here no more. That's wild. It's wild. Wild. This is what the business does. Now, I don't think I could have done anything else but this. I think I was only built to do this. I'm pretty sure. You know, I went to school for architecture. Yeah, I know. And ain't architect nothing. I can architect the fuck out of a plate, though. So it works. All right. Touche. Shapes, colors, framing. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, for me, I know I could have did something else. I don't think I've reached the point where I'm at today and accomplished the things I did without this business. So I would have to agree with you Mm -hmm. because anything else that I have lined up for later on down the road, they're more so hobby-based than Mm -hmm. career-based. For sure. So there are other things that I want to and am going to do. But again, it's more on the hobby side. Like, I like this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get into that because I'm interested. But it's not like, oh, I'm basing my career off of this. No. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Like, think about it this way. What career would let a high school graduate, college dropout, go to the top of the food chain? How many careers would let would, would that happen? How many careers would let felons get, become Michelin star chefs? None. How many, This is the only way where the downtrodden, the weird, the broken can go to the mountaintop. This is the only one. And that's the beautiful thing because I want to... It fits, though. It fits. The land land of misfit toys. We all are. It fits. 
not to cut you off, Neither. some of the most creative and awe-inspiring cooks that I've either seen on television or know personally, any place else, people be like, oh, they weirdos. But mm-hmm. they got the gift. Listen. They got the gift. Think about, think about, a, think about, yeah, go ahead. It's a gift that I'll probably never have. Don't say that. Because a lot of times, people, some people have natural talent and mm-hmm. then just take it to the next level. And when you can do that and put it into what you love to do, it's scary for the competition because it's like, wait a minute, what's going on? Think about it this way. Two things, two points. Think about it this way. I didn't learn to cook at home. Most people don't. But a lot of people in this industry do. You hungry? Go make some hot dogs. It was hard work that got me up here. Well, yeah. So like, and I may not, I'm talented because I worked hard. I put in the work. That's what makes me so talented. And my never say die attitude. Like, but you can, don't sell yourself short and be like, you won't get there. No, you don't know. It'll click for you one day. It's go back to when you said, yo, you don't know if you'll ever be like the one that's cutting shit and looking away. No, you will. You just got to do it enough. So black man, don't, don't do that. You're going to get there when it's, it's your time. But this is like, I know we, this is a whole heavy conversation, but the truth is, this is the one profession where you can start from the bottom and now be here. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, look at the two of us. Listen, both just dishwashers, plate scrapers, pot throwawayers. You were the pot throwaway. <laughs> Yeah, I, you are. I, 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 and but think about it this way: Do you know how to clean those same pots now? Yeah, exactly. Without letting them soak for three days. Yeah. So it's just it's just a lesson. I was just fortunate enough to get that lesson early, and it was a kind of yo. I'm not washing this, man. Just put that shit back on the stove. It's gonna get burnt more. That's the point. Deglaze comes right up. So it's just you know some things you gotta baby step, and sometimes you take giant steps. No, yeah, absolutely. So, and this is completely up to you. Mm-hmm. Before we get out of here for the day, you want to give them anything else? And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. do you want to give them a mic drop or a tails or do you just want to keep this one strictly professional and just... Um, we can give them both. Yeah, we, we, we good on time. We can give them both. So, for my mic drop, listen, I finally wrote these, these things down. I see. I got I'm proud it. of you. And my prep list right in front of me. Here we go. So for my motivational mic drop, (sighs) nature does not hurry, yet everything is still accomplished. Okay. There you go. I like that one. I I like all of them, but that one, that one was well put together. Yeah. A tree starts as a seed and grows. Right. It's not in a rush. But it's, it grows for 100, 200, 300, 400 years. It ain't no, I need to be a full-blown tree in two days. Right, right. Nate, so don't, and this is a hard, when I thought about this, this is a hard thing for me to say. I want instant gratification. If I'm smoking shit and I know I'm smoking shit, just put me, put me in the next step. Right. I had to learn over the past couple of years, juxtaposed to, from 20 to 30, 
where 20 to 24, I had six promotions. Mm. I was on fire. 25 to 30, they sending me off to go help other places and get them right. Right. So I'm used to the instant gratification. Right. This stage of my life, I'm starting to understand like it don't, it ain't always gonna go like that. Calm down, relax. Everything that's for you is gonna come to you. Life don't happen to you, it happens for you. Absolutely. So take your time and nature don't hurry, so why should you? No, that was that might have been the best one so far. Man, listen. That might have been the best one so <laughs> far. Get the dirt up my shoulders. Yeah, me? yeah, that might be the best one so far. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. So my motivational mic drop for today is confidence moves in silence while weakness is loud. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to be, you know what they say, the loudest person in the room is usually the weakest person mm-hmm. in the room. If you're confident in your abilities, you don't have to tell people. Just show them. Yeah. Just show people what you're doing. Show people how you're elevating. Show people that you're taking the necessary steps to get to where you want to be. You know, talk is cheap. Mm-hmm. We can sit here and say a lot of stuff, but then if we don't put the wheels in motion to actually attain what we're telling you we're going to do, which is all talk at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's cool to move in silence because everything ain't for everybody anyway. Bruh. So Listen. confidence is silence while weakness is loud. Just remember that. It's a bar. It's a bar. It's from real is that these motivational mic drops, they're for anybody. Anybody in there. Anybody. So even if they get to that point of podcast, be like, I don't know what's going on after the motivational mic drop. That's cool. You got a gym for the day. Yeah. So you got quick tales? Oh, yeah. So my tales this week is called Inventory Tuesday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. And this is another classic floss story. I love you, Floss. I don't know if you ever had to do this. And if you didn't, you dodged a bullet. Floss did inventory every Tuesday. No, I was always coming in late. So it was done. And then plus two, when I moved moved back here, when I moved back, I was off Tuesdays and Thursdays because I went to school those days. Okay. Well, you dodged a major bullet. Uh So Floss did inventory every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And she had me help her do it. I hated that shit. Mm -hmm. Think about it. The dry storage room, you remember you walk in, all like the beverages and stuff Mm -hmm. when we first came in, then you had the racks with the number 10 cans on it. Mm -hmm. Then you make that left and go into that other room. That's where all of the paper products were. But whoever was in charge of um, that was keeping it pristine because it never was like out of order. You looking at them. Oh, well, see, you did yourself a favor. Yeah, Tell me, let me but, real quick before you get into your story. I had, when I, when I worked at the hotel, the last one I worked at, four refrigerators, one freezer, and the kitchen was built like a U, and it all occupied space. And then I had two closets down the hall that occupied stuff. And then I had a cage, beverage, the entire hallway, beverage, and then liquor at the end. Mm. So... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Inventory yeah, could be. A bitch. Oh my yeah. goodness. So you had the produce fridge. As soon mm-hmm. as you walked in the back, next to that was the storeroom. Mm-hmm. Then you had the fridge that had like the bread, the bread rack mm-hmm. fridge, and all the condiments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you had the the refrigerator slash freezer. Mm-hmm. We would be back there in that back room for like two and a half hours. <laughs> now, now, real quick, were y'all doing sheet to shelf like she had a paper or she was writing? She had papers. Like, the, yeah, like she, like, check, like, okay, check, check, check. Oh, like, so she, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she was slow as molasses. <laughs> <laughs> so. Friday, you already have a uh, 16. Hated mm-hmm. Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Took it upon myself. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to keep doing this shit with floss. I said, okay, here we go. Carved out some time for myself. Mm-hmm. I would go and either start it and she would finish it or I would do the whole thing and just sit the paper on her desk because <laughs> I did not want to be bothered with doing this shit with her every Tuesday. Uh-huh. That shit became my job. I said, you son of a bitch. Cur- the gift I, I, curse of being reliable. Yo, I said, I did it to myself. I did it to myself. Mm-hmm. But I took two and a half hours and carved it all the way down to maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Which is what normal inventory should be. Yeah. And at the time, I just looked at it. We young. I just looked at it like, I'm getting it done. So I don't have to be bothered with it later. Mm -hmm. Not realizing I'm setting myself to fuck up. Because now I'm giving myself more responsibility than what I'm actually getting paid for. Mm -hmm. But... I got it done. It didn't last that long. It maybe was like two, three months because after that, we moved upstairs. Oh, yeah. So it was towards the end. Oh, yeah. So then we just had inventory was just that room. That one room. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, it's cool. It is what it is. But again, that just goes to show Floss. Honestly, I think she did this shit on purpose. I think she knew I was going to take it upon myself to do this shit so she didn't have to. The gift and the curse of being reliable. And plus she also knew you were mature enough to handle it. That was her way of getting out of doing it. I nah, I, I think, yeah, and that, that, that's always a great result in the end, but she still probably looked at it like, oh no, maybe once these two, two older people leave, three older people leave, I can just start bringing them up. And taking care of it now. Foss was thinking ahead a lot. No, she definitely was a plan for the future type. Mm-hmm. And she, she was, definitely was a plan for the future type. So she probably was like, them two, I got the replacement for them two. She, she, let me, let me groom them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that shit, it was a <laughs> gift and a curse. I'll try and make this tales quick. So remember how every couple episodes I, I allude to places I walked out on? Yeah. I'll give you one. Uh, so I get hired at this place. I'm training. Training was five weeks. Okay. So it was in the house training, so it was no big deal. I didn't have, I was, you know, go home at the end of the day. But my schedule would fluctuate, like morning, night, morning, night. But every day you're doing something different. Okay. Day 30 of that training, I said, I'm not going to be here long. I'm going to burn out quick. 
because it's not about food in here. Was it kitchen politics? Yes. Ooh. Kitchen politics is number one. Number two, I said, our exec was pussy. Okay. And then I didn't like how he wouldn't stand up to the GM, but would talk crazy to us. Got you. You pussy. Yeah. So, and then it was the hours too. I'm used to getting home at one o'clock, not leaving the building at 2.30, 3 in the morning. Damn. So I'm like, this ain't going to work for me because I understood what I understood with their politics. They were making a lot of money, a lot of money. But what they would do is save money and be like, sous chef here. We just need one more cook and y'all clean the whole line. Send everybody home. Or save, let one cook stay to help clean up, but he would drag his feet because they're always sending them home early. Got you. So it's like, bro, I'm not used to like people taking their time to clean. We trying to clean and go the fuck home. Right. I get you need your hours. Go get another job then. So you know how I always give you your flowers, how you taught me to be the, be the first one to help. Right. I got told, stop. Stop helping? Stop helping. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to do all that. Like, exec told me, other suit told me. Yeah, yeah, you ain't got to do all that. Let them do it. So now they take forever. You stuck. Not even forever. We're coming out the gate behind. Because if we got to feed 2,000 people and you want two people to get ready for the night and, and service opens in two hours, you are you crazy? Yeah. And the way I was helping them, I'm like, all y'all work inefficient. This is, we're going to pre-portion this stuff, pre-portion that stuff. We're going to cut these down. I was like, this is how we get through it. Exactly. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing it that way? Oh, because when you pre-portion a calamari, all you got to do is drop it in a flour. You're not, it's not more or less. It's what's there. Right. Now we got 15 orders ready to go instead of trying to figure out how we're going to get 15 orders. Right. Once I got told that, I was like, this is fucking crazy. This is fucking crazy. This is how I know I'm leaving. That was month five where that conversation happened. That same conversation happened was the day I put in my two weeks. As soon as we left out, it was me, GM, exec. As soon as we left out, I said, yo, I'm out, yo. I'm putting in my two weeks. Because you was the one that told me, don't help. And I ain't ain't, going to say nothing. You own that. But since you don't want to do that, he's like, you got another job? I was like, sure. I didn't. Right. But <laughs> me having faith in myself, job called me the very next day. Okay. So, and that was the last hotel I worked at. Favorite place to work. So, put in my notice. Day nine. I'm getting ready for work. Get dressed. Get to work. Clock in. Clock in number don't work. It took you out the system? Listen, clock in number don't work. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't care. They know I'm here. Pulleys come up. The chef, can you clock me in, man? Like, I got you. Clock in don't work. I'm like, the fuck? Take the card out my out my wallet. Swipe. Swipe don't work. Like, the fuck is going on? So I'm like, whatever. Go get somebody else to punch you in. I'm on my phone randomly, just getting ready for service. My email say, Blank, such and such mills, termination as of whatever day that was. It wasn't my two weeks. The day I put in was a week and a half later. 
I go right up to my exec. Yo, what the fuck is this? I got my phone in hand with the email. I, I don't know. You want? I think you should figure out what this is. Because if I'm not supposed to be here, y'all not finna get free labor out of me and then tell me to leave at the end of the night. Right. He's like, no, that's not the case. Like, we need, like, we, we need you. And he knew it. At that point, I was there for long enough to know I'm the captain of this ship. Y'all just here. And I was being vocal about it. He walks off. He's like, I'm going to figure out what the fuck is going on now. This is around 4.30. 5.30, nowhere to be found. 6.30, he's nowhere to be found. Okay, y'all motherfuckers want to do this? I tell everybody on the line. I show them the email. Y'all, I'm terminated. So here's what's going to happen. We got a party at 8 o'clock. I'm going to help y'all do the party, and I'm going home. No, Jeff, what the fuck? You can't just leave us. Like, I'm like, I'm not leaving y'all like that. We're going to do the party, but right. I'm not staying here for this. Right. Do the party. Daps and hugs. Almost got into a fight with somebody on the line that night because he was on some tip like, who the fuck you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you nobody. Stop yelling. We can just go take a walk. Right. And I was like, this is my last day too. I really don't care. We can right. get a chicken right now. Like, right. we come back, pretend like nothing happened. Oh, chef, what you mean it's your last day? F- what the fuck? No, we're not doing that. We ain't about to backpedal. We ain't backpedal. talk all this shit. No, let me talk to you. Pour me in the walk. And yo, like, this was going on. I'm like, that's cool enough, but you can't threaten grown men. You can't do that. Somebody going to take you serious. And I was like, I'm taking you serious. So do you still want to? No, nah, man, my bad, blah, blah, blah. But you really leaving? Yeah, I'm out. I walk Wait, out. So where the fuck did the exec go? He was avoiding me. He was still there. He was still there. He was just avoiding. He was avoiding Because me. he knew he had no answers. No, he had an answer. He just didn't want to tell me. It was him? No. It was his boss. Oh. And he was the GM. GM. Okay. So he could have just said, put it all on the GM. I went up to the GM and been like, fuck you, pussy. Got you. But now it's when I see you, you're going to catch the energy. I'm not a, you know me, I'm not hostile or confrontational, but when you play in my face, then I respond accordingly. Right. So I walked out. When I tell you my phone was blowing up (laughs) two hours. Yo, you really left? Like, you really left? And then he called me. Chef, like, did you leave? You ain't give me an answer for five hours, so you have a good night. Y'all, you need to figure out who's closing. I'm done. Y'all terminated me anyway. Turns out, I had other relationships in there. They, that email wasn't supposed to go to me. It's supposed to go to him and my GM. It was supposed to go to the exec? The exec and the GM. <laughs> but it was still supposed to be about you. Mm-hmm. But they sent it to you instead of to them. Yeah, they sent it to my first initial, first name initial, and GM's first initial the same. Okay. So, like, just one slip up. No, the first two letters of our names are the same. So, before you were still getting terminated anyway. They were going to do it at the end of the night. But you're not finna have me work. Little Chef's Karma came in and you found out early. I mean, there you go. Just just listen, we can play this the right way and that's fine. But don't, you don't got to do that. I hate when they do that. They get get that last little bit of work out you and that just end of your shift. It's like, all right, you you done. I'll tell you a story offline about my chef's karma, (laughs) how it came back for me on that. All right. But tell me at the beginning of my shift so I can just go home. Yeah. Prepare better. Yeah. But I was in for the episode. It was heavy, but... Ended good. Ended funny. No, oh, yeah, for sure it did. If me and me and him was about to fight one day, I bet fight with a capital F, huh? On the line. 
Oh shit. Gonna griddle your face. <laughs> All right, yo, we out of here. Yo, it was going, it was yo. going. I, I would say that really, but yeah, it was going down. All right, y'all. All right, man. Y'all have a good one, man. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in with us. Peace.